Welcome to another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We are so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Are you ready for the word today? All right, we're going to be going to the Word here in just a moment. We're going to start in Mark chapter 6. And the title of the message today is Wonderful. Wonderful. Oh, and it is wonderful, by the way. Okay? Uh, And in just a moment, we'll find out what I'm talking about. You know, uh, let me catch you up to where we're going to be reading in Mark chapter 6. Jesus was about 30 years old whenever he left home. According to the Jewish tradition and culture at that time, when a single man got to about 30 years old, got to 30 years old exactly, he would leave home and go out on his own. And uh, if he was married, he would leave earlier. But at 30 years old, he would be considered out on his own. And so Jesus chose that particular time to go down to where near Jericho is. And there he was baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. Then the Bible tells us that Jesus was led out into the wilderness and he was tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. After his temptation was over, uh, the Bible records that Jesus began his ministry. And he began teaching and preaching and healing. He was healing people and he was performing miracles all throughout Galilee. And the Bible tells us that the reputation that Jesus was having, his reputation was really quite rapidly growing and soon people began to follow him. And people began to imagine and they began to say, this must be the Messiah. This is the Messiah that God has promised to Israel. Because they would see him heal people and feed multitudes. And, you know, I mean, my goodness, he could walk on water. And it was just amazing. Uh, And everyone who followed him felt as though that there was something special about him. However, just because some people believed did not mean that others were not skeptical. Some people imagined that Jesus was an imposter. Some even imagined he was dangerous. Some people felt as though that he was teaching other people or even leading other people to blaspheme God because people were saying that he was Messiah. And for someone to claim that they were Messiah or even to let someone else claim that they were the Son of God, that was blasphemous. And so, uh, you know, in the fifth chapter of Mark, we can read where Jesus raised a young girl from the dead. And... This must have caused quite a stir there in the city of Capernaum because this young girl that was raised from the dead, she was the daughter of the ruler of the synagogue of the Jews. And so you can imagine that, that, that all of a sudden, you know, uh, the news began to spread. And uh, uh, in Mark, the sixth chapter, right after this happens, we find Jesus taking his disciples and leaving Capernaum. And uh, the reason he took his disciples and left Capernaum was because he wanted to visit his hometown of Nazareth, which is about 18 to 20 miles walk from Capernaum uphill, almost to the valley of Jezreel, up on a hilltop in the town of Nazareth. We pick this up in Mark chapter 6 in verse 1. 
Then Jesus went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue there in Nazareth. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Verse 3, Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty works there, except that he laid hands, he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit, teaching. He left Nazareth because they did not accept him, they did not receive him, they did not believe him because they knew him. Are not his you know, brothers, is this not the carpenter? I mean, is, is this not the guy that is a construction worker? That's what carpenter meant in those days. It didn't just mean he worked with wood. It meant that he literally uh, was, was you know, a, a construction worker. Is this not the construction worker? We know his mother. We know his brothers. We know his sisters. I mean, he's just one of us. Who does he think he is? Well, not too long after this, Jesus had continued healing and doing miracles in a circuit in several of the cities. He finds himself back in the city of Capernaum. There in the Galilee. And his, as, as he was sitting in this house in Capernaum, teaching to a large group of people, uh, we find that this group consisted of some different types of people. Some of the people who were in the group that he was teaching in this house, some of the people believed that he was Messiah. Some of them were his followers. Some of them just were absolutely overwhelmed at how good God had been and, and given them Messiah and they could, they could see him and they could hear him and, and they, they could watch him and they were healed by him and they believed that he was the Messiah. Well, some of the people in the group where he was teaching, they were more skeptical some of them, as I said, believed that he was an imposter. They believed that he was dangerous, perhaps. They believed that they needed to protect their friends and family from following this charlatan, from following this man that claimed that he was special. There were different types of people there. Some of the people there were Pharisees, and they were a part of a religious system that they were concerned that they might lose some of their authority and some of their position if all of the sudden people began to believe that this man, Jesus, was the Messiah. And then there were those that just were concerned about Jesus. They were concerned that he was going to be hurt. 
They, 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 they liked him. They loved him. They cared about him. They did not believe that he was the Messiah, but they were concerned that if he was not careful, you know, he was going to get called up and accused of, of a blaspheming God, and he could be arrested, and he could be sentenced, he could be beaten, he could be stoned to death, and they were afraid for his safety. They thought maybe he was just a little touched, maybe just a little beside himself, maybe just uh, having a few delusions of grandeur, maybe. They didn't think he was a bad guy. They just thought that maybe he was, you know, uh, claiming a little more and, and people were saying a little more about him than there really was. Well, while Jesus was teaching this large group of mixed-minded people, uh, Jesus' family showed up outside they were a part of the group that was concerned about jesus and they just wanted to take him home and let him calm down a little bit you know let's let's just take him home keep him safe and let him calm down in matthew the 12th chapter uh while he's teaching this this particular group the bible says uh, while he was still talking to the multitudes behold his mother and his brothers stood outside seeking to speak with him interesting huh while Jesus was still talking to this large group of mixed people who thought different things about him, his mom, Mary, shows up outside with his brothers in tow, you know, with James and, 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 and Joseph and, you know, and, and Judas, and, 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 and they showed up outside and they said, hey, they, they sent in. If you'll read the harmony of the Gospels, the, the accounts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and get the full picture of what happened in this moment, basically they showed up outside and they sent someone inside and said, go and tell Jesus that we're out here. Here and we want him to come out here with us. We kind of, you know, we, 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 we just want to protect him. We want to take him home. He's just kind of, oh my, my goodness, we've got to calm him down. I can imagine his mothers and his brothers meant well, you know. They made the trip. They walked this, this 18 to 20 miles. It was downhill going to Capernaum, but it was uphill back home. <laughs> and, and, you know, they walked this distance to have and to perform and to do an intervention. <laughs> and it's evident that Mary did not want her eldest son to be arrested and judged and, you know, by these religious Pharisees in their court system. It's evident, you know, that, 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 he, that, that he was, you know, in danger. And the brothers of Jesus, they did not believe he was special. There's no way in the world they believed him, but they must have liked him. They must have cared about him, you know. Uh, they were raised with him, you know. His, his brothers being the children of Mary and Joseph, Jesus being the only son of God and Mary, Mary's firstborn and eldest son. Now, I know that some churches and some denominations teach that Jesus did not have brothers and sisters, that Mary did not have any other children, but that's just not what the Bible teaches. Okay? I can understand how that might upset your apple cart. Uh, you know, if you were raised to believe that, but it's not the truth. I mean, we, uh, uh, he had brothers and he had sisters, and, and he was a construction worker in a town of Nazareth, and he was raised like, in, like, like other children. And, and, and uh, here we find Mary and his brothers, his, his brothers, you know, um, they thought that, that their brother Jesus, their oldest brother Jesus, they knew something was a little odd about him. They had to recognize something was odd about him. But they had relegated it to Jesus wanting to be famous. They thought he wanted to be famous. They thought he wanted to be important. 
Uh, how do we know this? Well, again, John the seventh chapter. The Bible says in, in verse 3 that the brothers of Jesus, now I would encourage you to go back and read the whole accounts. I'm giving you the heart of this. That the brothers of Jesus therefore said to Jesus, why don't you depart from here and go into Judea? Go down south to Jerusalem, basically. This was during the feast. That your disciples also may see the works that you are doing, for no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. What are they doing? They're accusing Jesus of wanting to be known, wanting to be famous, wanting to be known openly. And they said, come on, why don't you go on down to Jerusalem? There's a feast about to start down there, and nobody, nobody, you know, uh, 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 does anything in secret when he really wants to be known and if you do these things if you can really heal and if you can really do miracles if you can really do these things then show yourself to the world <laughs> you know they were picking at Jesus like brothers do okay they were making fun of Jesus how do we know next verse for even his brothers did not believe in him okay so here are the brothers of Jesus making fun of him. Come on, Jesus, if you can really do this, go on down and show the world because we know you want to be famous. We know you want everybody to know you. We know that you know, nobody does these things. That you're, you, you're, you're supposed to be able to work miracles. You know, you can do. Come on, Jesus, go on down to where the crowd is. They're just, you know, needling him. <laughs> well, so far this morning, we have read three separate accounts which include the brothers of Jesus. You know, one where Jesus is preaching in Nazareth and the community says, he's not special. We know his brothers and his sisters and his mother and he's just a construction worker. A second one where his brothers and his mother come down to Capernaum to do an intervention trying to, you know, calm him down and get him away from the crowd and take him back home. And then this one, to where his brothers are needling him. Just, you know, they don't believe in him. They don't believe, they do not believe he is special, okay? Uh, they, they, you know, this, the, these scriptures that we have read in the Gospels, they are included in the accounts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John so that we can see a few things. So a few things can be very evident to us. Number one, uh, I believe it's evident that Jesus loved helping and healing and teaching people. We see Jesus helping and healing and teaching everywhere he went. Whether he was you know, accepted in Nazareth or, or whether he had a big crowd or whether there were Pharisees against him or whether his, you know, his, his mom and his brothers were trying to get him to quit or people were making fun of him, Jesus nonetheless just kept on. He kept on teaching and he kept on preaching and he kept on healing and he kept on helping people. I mean, Jesus loves to help people. And I think that if we could only draw away one thing from this account, it should be that Jesus loves to help people. He loves to make things better better he loves to, to you know to, to leave you better than he found you we also see that people even families were divided over who Jesus was you know we still see that today 
We still see whole families divided over Jesus. Who is he? Well, some people say he's, he's Messiah. Some people say he's the Son of God. Some people say he's just a good teacher. Some people say he was a prophet. Some people say he never did exist. Some people say that he's a liar. Some people say that he's a cheat. Some people say that, 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 that he never was, that there is no God. A lot of people have a lot of different things to say about Jesus today. Just like there was in that day, people have always been divided over who he is. You know, he's not confused about who he is. <laughs> you know. Another thing that we can conclude from the scriptures that we have read is that Jesus had a family, just like we have families. He had brothers and he had sisters. You know, he had a family, and his family was was important to him. Of course his family was important. Of course, like, you know, the half-brothers and sisters of Jesus, they were, he loved them. All throughout the Word of God, we see people who, who get born again and their whole household is born again. You know, God is always dealing with families. God is always dealing with households. God is always dealing with, with you know, uh, uh, groups of people. You remember the jailer in Acts 16? He got saved and his whole household got saved. You remember uh, uh, Cornelius in Acts chapter 10? He got saved and his whole household got saved. You know, God chose Abraham in Genesis 12 because God knew that he would teach his household and his children after him to follow God. You know, Jesus... Jesus loved his family. He cared about his family. We can also see that Jesus was raised learning a trade. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it interesting that, that when we read in the Bible, the people who lived in the town of Nazareth, at that point in history we are told that there were about 400 families living in Nazareth. There were uh, mostly construction workers. And it, it, among that 400 families living in Nazareth, there was one synagogue in the very middle of the city. Some of you have been there with me. Many of you, perhaps, have been there with me to that particular place where Jesus would have preached his first message. And people knew everyone. It was a market kind, a marketplace kind of existence and community. And so here, everyone knew Jesus. And when one of the people in the community looked at Jesus, you know what they saw? A construction worker. Wow, isn't that interesting? You know, when I look at you, Daryl, I see a teacher. Because that's what you do. I know you're a teacher. You're a teacher. You know, if somebody said, you know, Daryl's special, I would say, he's a teacher. <laughs> yes, he is special. <laughs> I think I just threw uh, cold water on all the teachers. Okay. <laughs> I think it's interesting that people knew Je that Jesus learned a trade when he was growing up. Of course, it was incumbent upon every Jewish father to teach their child, to teach their sons especially, a trade. And so Jesus learned, you know, people from his hometown knew him as a construction worker. He probably learned that from Joseph, the man that God chose to be a representation of a father in Jesus' life and to watch over and protect him and provide for him. I also find it interesting that the brothers of Jesus did not believe he was special. 
in the scriptures we've read today, we can, we can hear it that, that, you know, they're making fun of Jesus. They did not think he was special. They, 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 they thought perhaps, you know, he was not normal. But maybe they thought, you know, he just wanted to be important. He wanted to be famous, you know. Uh, maybe he was a little crazy. But they did not believe he could work miracles. Come on, if you can do these things. If you can, do, you know, if you can really do these things. Yeah, they didn't really believe he could. You know, many people explain miracles away. Something happens and they'll, they'll, they'll try to come up with any answer they can with it, except Jesus did it. <laughs> okay? And that day it was no different. They try to come up with any answer. You know, I mean, someone, someone has a problem, and Jesus said, let the problem go away. And, and all of a sudden, you know, let the problem go away in my name. He must have said that, don't you think? No, he didn't. That's a joke, okay? In Jesus' name, in my name, never mind. That's like Geronimo jumping out, screaming, me. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. So Jesus would tell someone, you know, Go away and you'll be healed. And as they went away, they were healed, and everybody, nobody, nobody gave, you know. I mean, some people did believe it was Jesus, and other people just believed, ah, I don't know. Today it's happening that way. You know, people pray for things and, and, and they ask God for things, and then boom, when it happened, they don't, you know, it must have happened. And people that you tell at work or at school or family members that Jesus did this for you, they're going, well, maybe, you know, I don't know. Well, that was his brothers. Did you hear about the guy that was late for an appointment, a very, very, very special appointment? He was late. He pulled into the parking lot late. He could not find a parking place. He drove up and down every aisle looking for a parking place. And finally, when he could not, and he, was, he, he knew he was just, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to miss my appointment. He just finally said, God, if you will help me to find a parking place, I promise you, I will go to church every Sunday. A car, he turned it around and a car backed out right up in front of him. He said, never mind, God, I just found one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the brothers even made fun of Jesus to his face. Can you imagine what it would be like to have been raised with Jesus in the house? Think about it. Now, just come on. Let's just imagine what it would have been like to have been raised with Jesus in the same house all the time. He'd be there with you. You could ask him questions. You could get his help on everything. What an opportunity. Well, let me tell you, you know, there are people today who have been raised with Jesus in the house. They're all the time, but still, just like his brothers, you know, uh, they, don't, they don't believe it. They never ask him for anything. Oh, they might hear mama calling his name. They might hear mama asking him for something. But real, realistically, you know, uh, just, you know uh, uh, can you imagine? They do not believe that Jesus is the Son of Almighty God, the Messiah, or their personal Lord and Savior. You know, uh, uh, the, 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 these people that, that were raised with Jesus in the house, they even go to church with Jesus. But sometimes Jesus, when you're raised in the house with Jesus... Sometimes you can feel as though that he's just simply an everyday commodity. He's just something I hear mama saying. Something I hear other people talking about. Just an everyday commodity. He becomes so common and so familiar 
that you never imagined, the opportunity that you have, that you were born into a family where Jesus lives in the house. The Jesus is the one that we trust in this house. He's not just an everyday commodity, not just a common familiar name. Many people just do not believe that Jesus can do miracles. When I read the Bible and find out that God saves and delivers whole families and whole households, it makes me wonder a little bit about Jesus' family. You know, they grew up not believing in Jesus. And their unbelief lasted all the way to the cross. However, on the third day after the cross, Jesus was raised from the dead. And the Bible tells us plainly that the next 40 days, Jesus spent his time appearing to more than 500 people. And he showed himself alive by many undeniable truths. We know that after his resurrection, he appeared to Mary Magdalene. We know that after his resurrection, he appeared to his 11 disciples. We know that after his resurrection, he appeared to more than 500 people. And although the Bible does not give us a written account of all the names of the people that Jesus appeared to after his resurrection and proved himself Messiah and proved himself by undeniable truth, Although it does not give us all the names and it does not say that his mother and his brothers, sisters were a part of that. But I cannot imagine Jesus leaving them out. I believe he made his family a priority. And what makes me think this? Well, on the day that Jesus ascended after he was resurrected, spent 40 days, and then he's going to ascend. He's on the Mount of Olives. He's, he's a, a, about a um, hundred miles away from Nazareth on the Mount of Olives, and his followers are there. Those who believe his Messiah, they're listening to him give the great commission. They're listening to him tell them to wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And there he is commissioning those who believe that he is the resurrected Messiah. And they watch him go up into heaven in a cloud. And they hear the angels say that this same Jesus, that you see ascending will come again in like manner. Wow. On that day we read from Acts the first chapter, verse 12, that the people who were there when he ascended, then that group of people, they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olivet, called Olivet, Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem, about a Sabbath day's journey. You know, it's a, it's, 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 it's a mile. Where they were was a mile, a mile and a half outside of the city of Jerusalem. Verse 13, And when this group of people had entered, they went into the upper room where they were staying. And it names the people. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with 
the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Something happened between the time of the cross and the time of the ascension in the lives of the brothers of Jesus Christ. They did not believe. And all of the sudden, we see them in the upper room in one accord with the disciples and their mother, praying, waiting on the promise of the Holy Spirit, which came seven days later on the day of Pentecost, and filled the upper room. And these, the brothers of Jesus, James and Judas and Joseph, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in tongues and prophesy, and poured out into the streets and became a witness. In fact, one of them, James, the first brother mentioned, most likely the second oldest in the family, that brother became the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, and he wrote the book of James, testifying to what Jesus, his half-brother, Jesus, his Lord and Savior, Jesus, the one that he made fun of, the one he did not believe, the one that he tried to calm down, the one that, that, that others just thought was a construction worker, this Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Oh, my goodness. Oh, come on now, shout somebody. Shout, because if Jesus can do this among the closest people in his life who walked with him in the house, who were raised with him in the house for 30 years, if Jesus can so change their lives and change their mind by the resurrection power that God showed through him, certainly there are people in our houses and people in our neighborhoods and people in our communities and people in our churches who can also have this same experience with the resurrected Christ. Jesus was no doubt a household name, but now he became Lord and Savior. Who is it in your house that has heard Jesus who is it that was born into your house knowing that Jesus was in the house? Who is it in the church that knows that Jesus is in the church? Who is it in our community that knows that Jesus is in the community, but yet they're mixed up, yet they are not sure who he is, and they're not sure if he's the one that's helping them or, 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 or if it's just some you know, anomaly, something you know, some, you know, uh, some other explanation? I believe that this season that we are in, when we are seeing the world darkened and when we are seeing the world confused and we are seeing the world in trouble, when we are seeing darkness encroaching, we are seeing a great light shining that the light of the glorious gospel of Christ is shining brighter and brighter and brighter and we can trust 
that Almighty God is revealing Himself by many infallible, undeniable truths in the hearts and lives of people. Let me ask you, do you know Him? Oh, you might know about Him, but do you know Him? Like his brothers, you might have been raised hearing Mama call his name. But do you know who he is? Do you really know? Do you know him as the miracle worker? Not just Mama's first or favorite boy. He is, according to Isaiah 9, 6. Let me tell you who he is. He is wonderful. He is counselor. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. And the Bible says plainly that He is the Prince of Peace. Do you know Him? Do you know Him today? Do you know Him? Do you know Him as your personal Lord and Savior? You can right now. You can know Him right now. You can call on Him and He will forgive your sins. He will accept you and receive you into His family. He is in no way pushing anyone away. He is drawing everyone He can. Even if you've denied Him before through some action or some words, yet today, even if you've disappointed Him before by something that you've done or walked away from, today, no matter what your past has been, let me tell you about your future. If today you will say, come Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Just like his brothers did, they bowed their knee to Jesus and they continued to pray to him. Today you can call on him. He'll save your soul. He will accept you, forgive you. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He's the beginning, the end, the first and the last. He is the Savior of your soul. Would you pray with me today? Those of you that are here and those of you that are watching online, would you pray with me today? Would you dare to call upon His name? Jesus, He'll save you and cleanse you, accept you, receive you. He'll lift you up. He'll walk with you every step of the way and He will take you to heaven when you die. Jesus, He's not just the, you know, a common household commodity. He is Lord, and He's the lover of your soul. Pray with me today, right now. Pray with me. Oh, Jesus, come into our heart. Come into our life today. Be our Lord and be our Savior. Today, oh God, we ask you to use the blood of Jesus to cleanse us from sin. Forgive us where we have failed you. Lord, make us right with you, God. Lord, teach us how to walk every day. Lord, you are wonderful, Counselor. You are the mighty God. You are the everlasting Father. You are the Prince of Peace, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first, the last. And you are my friend. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Teach me how to live. Be my Prince of Peace. It's in your name I ask. And I will continue to pray.
Thanks again for joining us for another dynamic message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to all of our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.